This is a Squiz podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Zaziaris. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Thursday, the 22nd of April. In your Squiz today, Derek Chauvin's guilty verdict. Belt and road no more. English football and its off-field backflips. And Big Bird's likeable thieves. This is your Squiz today. Former police officer Derek Chauvin Kate was yesterday convicted for the murder of George Floyd. To recap, it was the 25th of May last year when Minneapolis police officers arrested Floyd, a 46 year old black man, for buying cigarettes with a suspected counterfeit $20 bill. Derek Chauvin was the officer captured on video kneeling on Floyd's neck for over nine minutes. Floyd repeated the phrase, I can't breathe, more than 20 times before his death. And it was that video, Simone, and its content that set off mass protests both in the US and around the world against police brutality and racial inequality. Many of those were peaceful, though it's hard to forget the images of burning buildings across America as people took to the streets. From there, Chauvin and his colleagues who were involved in the arrest of Floyd were stood down. Chauvin was handed murder charges. His trial started on the 29th of March this year. And now, as you say, he's been found guilty on all three counts of second and third degree murder and manslaughter, a decision that the jury came to in just 10 hours. Yeah, Chauvin is now being held in custody, awaiting sentencing in eight weeks' time. Whilst there are a few factors impacting the length of his sentence, there's no doubt, Kate, he will go to prison. This verdict was one of the most anticipated in American history, and the reaction has been quite something. It sure has. Crowds in Minneapolis and major cities around the US gathered to hear the verdict. And when it came through, there were cheers, there were tears. George Floyd's brother's words have been widely repeated. He said, today we can breathe again. US President Joe Biden said the conviction could mark a moment of significant change for America. As for what is being done, overnight a US federal investigation was announced that will look into policing practices in the city of Minneapolis. Remembering also that Chauvin's case is just one of many to come. The pictures out of America yesterday really show just what this guilty verdict means to so many Americans. On that, I'll pop a link to a gallery of images in your episode notes. Overnight, Kate, Foreign Minister Maurice Payne announced that the Belt and Road Initiative agreements struck between the Victorian government and the Chinese government have been cancelled. That's made possible under our new foreign veto laws. So Belt and Road is an initiative by the Chinese government to fund major infrastructure projects around the world. So things like ports, railways, highways, power stations, aviation, etc. Our federal government, Simone, has never much liked that the Victorian government was looking to be part of that. But until these new foreign laws were passed, they weren't able to do much about it. What the new laws mean is that the federal government can cancel agreements that states, territories, local governments and universities enter into with an overseas government if they contradict Australia's national interest. That's what Foreign Minister Maurice Payne last night said the Belt and Road Initiative does. Also cancelled were two other Victorian government education agreements, one struck with Iran in 2004 and another with Syria in 1999. China's responded to this move overnight and safe to say they aren't too pleased. The Chinese embassy reacted rather quickly after the news broke, saying it's unreasonable and a provocative move taken by Australia against China and will further damage relations. This one has been bubbling away for a while. For the background, we have a squish shortcut on the Belt and Road. 
into our vaccine rollout now. And as it stands, we only have the ability to homebrew, as we've been referring to it, the AstraZeneca <laughs> vaccine. But that may change down the track. The Victorian government announced some $50 million to kickstart domestic manufacturing of mRNA vaccine technology. mRNA sounds science Kate. It is sciencey, and we could get super scientific about it, but I just don't think I can really add anything of any value in that regard, <laughs> Simone. What I can tell you is that technology is the one behind the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. So given, as you mentioned, we can only currently make the AstraZeneca one here in Australia and the fact that it's currently the subject of those blood clot issues, this is good news. But, and it's a big but, being able to do this is at least 12 months away. So Scott Morrison was quick to point out that the development of the mRNA technology will not help Australia's COVID vaccination needs this year. Gee, keeping up with where things are at with the COVID vaccinations is tough, Kate. Luckily, we have a squeeze shortcut on this very topic out today. (laughs) It's all about our vaccine rollout. So what vaccines we have here, how they're being distributed and the issues that have popped up in doing so. A link is in your episode notes. To the UK now, and it was the early hours of Monday morning when news broke, Kate, that a handful of English Premier League clubs were joining a breakaway European Super League. Now, half of them have changed their mind. What a ride, hey? There's a fair bit of background to this, but to keep it simple, by most accounts, creating a Super League is about bigger bucks for the big teams at the expense of the smaller clubs. So after that news earlier in the week, fans protested, players spoke out against it, the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson called it a cartel. Even the usually politically agnostic Prince William questioned the call. It was quite the response. That pressure has just seemed to be too much. Manchester and Chelsea were the first clubs to backflip and back out of that deal and the four remaining English clubs followed suit. So the question now is whether it's enough to put the whole concept to bed. The answer to that is a bit of a wait and see, but certainly organisers of the Super League are saying it's a definite bump in the road, but the concept is still one they'd like to pursue. Netflix, Kate, had a whopping 2020, surpassing the 200 million subscriber mark for the first time. 2021 hasn't been so kind. Yeah, it seems not long ago we were talking about just how well it was going, but Q1 this year wasn't so kind. Given many places have seen lockdown restrictions lifted, we're spending less time on the couch. So whilst they predicted 6 million new subscribers in the first quarter of 2021, they only achieved just under 4 million. Still not bad, I'd take that. But when you're that big of a company, that kind of thing means a hit on your share price, 11% in the case of Netflix. What Netflix say is that the global pandemic has caused production delays, so that means fewer new shows. And once new seasons and films are released, things will be on the up. Yeah, and also a factor is the sheer amount of streaming services now available. I don't know about you, Kate, but it's overwhelming trying to figure out which show to watch and where. The challenge is real. I'm right there with you. Returning now to the crime story out of South Australia that we talked about earlier in the week, and that is the theft of the $160,000 Big Bird costume from the Sesame Street Circus Spectacular that's currently on in Adelaide. Kate, the costume has been returned, or rather dumped, back at the circus, and the thieves left a note. Oh, Simone, this is one of these news stories we live for at the Squeers. We We've sure laughed. Do. We've laughed and laughed. The note said they were so sorry and that they had a great time with Mr. Bird, that he's a great guy and no harm came to our friend. That's what the note said. A few other things. Also, sorry to be such a big burden, spelt B-I-R-D-E-N and signed off <laughs> the Big Bird Bandits. 
I mean, Simone, these people did a bad thing. They definitely did a bad thing. They stole, but gee, they do seem sorry. They do, but if police do catch them, they could be in a bit of strife. Squeeze the day now, Kate. What have you got? From Big Bird to something quite a bit more serious, there'll be a lot of talk about climate change today, Simone, as a virtual climate summit hosted by US President Joe Biden will kick off tonight. It'll be attended by 40 world leaders, including our Prime Minister. Something to watch out for tomorrow and across the weekend. And on a completely different note, tonight the Stella Prize is announced. That's the literary award that recognises and celebrates Aussie female writers contribution to literature. There are six on the shortlist and now they're all on my list to read, Kate. I might only have time to read the the winner. We'll tell people that tomorrow, I guess, Simone. (laughs) Sounds good. That's all from us, Kate. We got through our first episode together. We did indeed. What a relief. What a relief. Hope you liked it because we're back tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website.